Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. Howdy, howdy, it's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. everyone and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host Gerard Gibbard along with Rhino live in the Element Wealth Studios guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder and fine music on this extremely wet Tuesday there. Rhino. Well at least for a portion of the Magnolia State. Well where we are it's dang wet. I know making that short trek from the parking lot into this building even with an umbrella? I got soaked. Yeah, it was I mean, coming down out there. Good grief. Not only is it, it did I get soaked on the upper part of my body, but my feet. <laughs> it's like walking in a pond. The rain cannot to go away fast enough. What's it look like? Today? Tomorrow, right? Uh, for central Mississippi, the only dry day predicted without a 50-50 chance or better for rain is Saturday. Jeez. But there are other parts of the Magnolia State. Like, for instance, right now, the vast majority of North Mississippi is a little cloudy, but yeah. relatively dry. And, uh, yeah, that's probably going to continue, just depends on which way the storm blows. Just spinning a top with nothing to push it out of the way. What about Dallas? You seen that? Oh, yeah. Some parts of Dallas got... Probably as much rain in a day as they normally would see in a year. Thousand-year flood, they're calling it? Thousand-year flood. Uh, so you've seen the photos, cars floating around the city streets of DF and W. Wow. The state looks like a river. It does. This is crazy. Truly crazy. It does not feel like August. But as you say, at least searching for a bit of a silver lining, it's not blazing hot. That's the that's the counter to it. Hmm. The market's down today once again after getting bloodied up yesterday, down 650 points. And it's because, once again, those zany Fed presidents are scheduled to meet, uh, as they do annually in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, talking about strategy, and the market is... I think just a little testy investors are, not to mention that all sorts of other news that it's driving the economic situation in the country and in the world. Saudi Arabia says they're going to cut down on production. You've probably seen the price of oil has trended up a bit, what, 93 bucks a, a barrel, I think. So it's crossed over, once again, the $90 mark. So Saudi Arabia says that, 
They're going to cut back on production. Wait, I thought Joe went over there begging for them to increase production. Yeah, 93.88. What happened to that? Uh, and there's also a report that U.S. inventory's down a bit. So all that is driving the price of oil up. So here's the concern I have, that the Fed is in quite the pickle trying to figure out what to do with rates in order to tame inflation. That's virtually the only tool they have at this point, is to increase rates so as to blunt demand, which would have a negative or, or re, uh, an impact on inflation so as to bring it down. So the Fed's got that tool, but in the meantime, you've got the price of oil going up, which the Fed really can't control. That is a function of demand and supply, as is, of course, all the market. They can attempt to at least tame and curtail demand by raising rates. But you get to a point with respect to consumption of fuel that hey, we can't do anymore. So without additional supply, that price remains high. Now, last month, as you recall, inflation did taper down on an annualized basis relative to the month of June. And, of course, the White House immediately went to the podium and said, zero percent inflation, which was, of course, untrue. There was a 0% increase in the annualized rate of inflation, but inflation still 8.5% on an annualized basis, which is the key meaningful measure. So that what I'm trying to say here is the Fed could keep raising rates, but the reason inflation even trended downward was because the cost of fuel went down. cost of oil went down. That drove the cost of gas and diesel, and when you include that in the CPI figure, it shows overall a reduction uh, of inflation. When you look at core inflation, which excludes food and energy, that really didn't go down a teeny tiny bit, like a 0.1% or something. So if you start seeing the price of oil trending upward again, which many analysts expect it to do, that is likely to result in a less than favorable inflation reading in the next month, which means the Fed's going to get aggressive again, and here we go, stagflation. Not really, not really affecting inflation is the Fed with its actions. So investors are sitting on the edges of their seats, trying to figure out what the heck all that means at this point, anticipating Fed Chairman Powell coming out of his Jackson Hole, Wyoming meeting with his, uh, the presidents from across the Fed banks across the country. So we'll see where that goes. But right now, Dow down, NASDAQ up a tiny bit. Saw yesterday that Palo Alto, which is a big... Uh, issue within the NASDAQ, a technology company that produces network security technology, Palo Alto Networks, gave some great guidance and had a fantastic uh, earnings report, and their stock was one of the ones keeping the NASDAQ in the green. But uh, 
In the meantime, Ford, you seen that? They're saying, we're laying off people, 3,000. And I wonder if this is a sign. It always starts in manufacturing, it seems, historically, when there have been waves of layoffs or a trend of layoffs. So Ford's come out and said, yep, we're letting 3,000 people go. I just wonder when other shoes are going to drop with respect to that. So that, uh, that might impact the Fed and their decision-making, because if folks aren't working and we start seeing this unemployment trend, and layoff trend, I should say, which would increase the unemployment rate, they may be a little reluctant to put the hammer down with respect to rates. We'll certainly see where all that uh, goes for sure. Um, in the meantime, Apple, their employees, they're getting together, thinking about suing. They may have already filed a lawsuit. I don't know how the heck they have any standing to file a lawsuit. But the Tim Cook CEO says, we need you back in the office three days a week. And they're saying, no, we're not going back to the office, dang it. I think it's ridiculous, honestly. And this, of course, all a remnant from the COVID lockdowns and stay at home and all that stuff, now we know probably made zero difference in the spread, but that has created almost a de facto standard where folks think they're entitled to work from home. And hats off to Tim Cook, who's sort of a progressive in his political philosophy, but I think a dang good, maybe the best CEO ever, as some have suggested. But he even said, and I'm paraphrasing here, you just can't be, you can't stimulate creative juices. You can't, you can't really foment and facilitate new creations, innovation, on Zoom by doing web meetings. We need you face-to-face having these, these meetings and these incidental discussions. And, and so he's put the hammer down, and they're saying, no, we like it here. We like working from home. We'll see where all this goes. This is It's not even like they work in a typical cubicle style yeah. atmosphere where you're allowed four decorations on your cubicle, <laughs> one potted plant. Right. And no, they got a full kitchen at the end of every row with beanbag chairs in their in their cu- like it's a very free form whatever you need to get the job done office and they don't even want to go back to that. Don't know if you've seen it, folks, but uh, you might ought to Google it and take a look at their circular spaceship-looking office that they built, just like moved into before they sent everybody home, as I recall. It's incredible. All glass. I mean, trees growing up in the middle of it, like Rhino's saying. It is not your typical cubed-out, rode-up office, for sure. And they're complaining about that? Oh, come on. Not enough ping-pong tables in the break room. (laughs) We're going to take a break on middays in the Element Well Studios. When we return, Hannah Meharry, Executive Director of the Mississippi Balance of State Continuum of Care and the Chair of the City of Tupelo Homelessness Task Force. We're going to talk about the homelessness problem in the state of Mississippi. And then Scott Payton, State Director of Right on Crime at 12.05. Middays will come right back.
From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, an 80% chance of rain, cloudy skies, high near 77. Tonight, a 50-50 shot of the wet stuff, low around 71. Your Wednesday, an 80% chance of rain, high near 81. And a look to Thursday, showers and thunderstorms likely as well. Partly sunny, high near 84. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871. Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you. Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today. This is Dave Lugman, Canon Nissan of Jackson. What's new, Dave? New Nissans are arriving daily. We are now offering a two-year maintenance program on all new and pre-owned vehicles. Canon Nissan will match any competitor's prices on tires, batteries, and more. Nobody beats the Canon deal. Nobody. I'm Mason Irby, your Madison County Edward Jones financial advisor. We're all about financial investments, but we also value the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Madison Central Football on Super Talk Jackson. Call me, Mason Irby, at 601-616-6872 or visit edwardjones.com for all your investment needs. Edward Jones, member SIPC. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? What? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com At Batteries Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online to save $10 on Duracell Ultra car batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit BatteriesPlus.com. The Southern Business Institute is proud to bring you Collab South. Whether you are a new business or a business that has been around a long time, this is a great place to get up-to-date information on business in Mississippi. Our one-day event gives you access to business information right here in Mississippi. Locate, connect, and collaborate with other local business owners. Find resources and information to help you manage your business, get answers to questions from like-minded business owners, and share resources to help others. The event is August the 26th at the Country Club of Jackson from 8 to 5 p.m. Seating is limited, so visit southernbusinessinstitute.com for tickets today. Gallo here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Well, 
Welcome back, everyone, to Midday Super Talk Mississippi on this rainy Tuesday. Gerard and Rhino in the Element Wealth Studios. Joining us now on the line, Hannah Meharry, Executive Director, Mississippi Balance of State Continuum of Care and Chair of the City of Tupelo Homelessness Task Force. Hannah, welcome to Middays. Thank you so much. Good morning. How are you doing? We're doing great. Just trying to uh, navigate through all the water coming down down here in central Mississippi. Hopefully, you're being spared of the monsoons up there in Tupelo. We're trying. I know we've got our umbrellas and our galoshes ready. Uh, anything that you know the weather throws at us, we just try to be prepared. And that uh, we when we talk about homelessness, we can talk about the weather as well. Okay. So that definitely plays a uh, you know has an influence and a. A place a part to play um, when we talk about homelessness as well is just addressing weather issues. Sure. So, part for the course for us. The Mississippi Balance of State Continuum of Care is this a not-for-profit organization? It sure is. Um, it's interesting because there are actually three continuums of care in the state of Mississippi. I have the rural continuum of care, which covers 71 out of 82 counties, but I have two counterparts. One is in Jackson, and it's called the Central Mississippi Continuum of Care, and we have one on the coast called the Open Doors Homeless Coalition Continuum of Care, and we are a special program through HUD, so actually I am under the umbrella of HUD to be a planning body for all of the homeless service providers in the state of Mississippi. So all of the different agencies that receive state and federal funds to address homelessness in rural Mississippi are under my coalition, um, and it's called a continuum of care. Okay. And so where does your funding come from? Well, the funding for our continuum care comes from HUD, so all of the different agencies within that COC, we call it a COC, uh, receive funding from both HUD and then also state agencies. And, of course, our local partners like our soup kitchens, our food pantries, our free clinics, all of the different um, social services uh, that our homeless population will need are locally funded and usually through donations, but they are also a very important part of our coalition. Gotcha. So you said you cover 71 of the 82 counties, but you said something about the rural areas. Does that mean that in your work you don't go in uh, to the urban areas, the more cities and uh, areas and towns? Well, we, like Tupelo, Meridian, Hattiesburg, even though we kind of consider them larger cities in uh, Mississippi, they are considered rural according to HUD. I got you. So they are included in my service area. So I cover 71 counties. We divide it up into five regions, and each of those regions kind of have a hub. So Tupelo is in the north, northeast Mississippi area, Meridian, East Central, Hattiesburg, and the Pine Belt, and then Natchez is over in the southwest. Then, of course, we have Greenwood, Greenville, Clarksville, Cleveland, and the Delta area. So I do not cover the coast, which is Biloxi and Gulfport, and I don't cover the Jackson metro area, but there I have two counterparts that cover those, those gotcha. areas. All right, so how big a problem is this in Mississippi? I We're working on it. So compared to uh, years ago, like, you know, even five, ten years ago, uh, it was a more significant problem just because there weren't any tangible solutions on how to address homelessness. Um, through the continuity of care system and through our partner agencies, we now have an actual plan and a system in progress to address homelessness. And it 
revolves around street outreach, so actually going and identifying homeless individuals where they are. We know that a lot of homeless individuals will never walk into the front door of a soup kitchen. They'll never walk into the front door of a United Way or any other service agency. So we put our boots on and we hit the ground running and we go under bridges. We go into, you know, encampments out in the woods. We go wherever there is a report of homelessness. We're going to go find that individual where they are and try to connect them to the services they need to no longer be homeless in that encampment. So we'll start talking about housing. We'll talk about treatment. If they need rehab treatment, mental health treatment, right there where they are. Um, and try to ease that transition in a lot of ways because our homeless population, like I said, they're not going to walk into, you know, the front of your church or the, you know, the front of a rehab center and say, here, I'm ready. I'm ready to be, I'm ready to be housed. I'm ready to be treated. So we're taking the conversation to them. And then another important part of our process is housing. Like that's one of the most fundamental solutions to homelessness is the housing. So working with our federal grants and our local grants to find landlords that would partner with us to, um, once we identify our homeless population and we're able to house them, where can we house them? And so we're housing them in the communities in which they live. Um, and then with not housing only, we say we're housing first, so we try to focus on housing and connecting our homeless population to housing, but we're not housing only. So when we do house a previously homeless person, it comes with a case manager that offers accountability, structure, organization, and they're having a very detailed conversation about employment, about um, education, about treatment, you know, treatment options, like I mentioned, um, all of those supportive services you would need to remain stable in housing. Because our goal is, once we identify someone in homelessness, we connect them to housing, they stay housed. Like, we don't want them to return to homelessness for their, for their, for their good and also for the good of our community. So making sure that they're, uh, they receive all of the supportive services they need to remain housed after we're no longer needed. Is there anything you're looking for from the state legislature in, in the way of, of laws that uh, could address this issue? Yes, um, I would. We're working on it, like I mentioned earlier. Like it's it's definitely in progress, and I feel like the conversations we've been having over the last couple of years we're going in a positive direction. We do still notice that um, a percentage of our population, our homeless population, have severe mental health issues and substance use issues. So whatever we can do to make the access to treatment a little bit easier for our very vulnerable um, and basically um, resourceless homeless population to connect them to treatment is it would be awesome. Uh, our community mental health centers, like here in Tupelo, we have Life Corps. Uh, you know, in Oxford, they have Communicare. They have Life Help over in the Delta. They've been wonderful in helping us do assessments. And um, when there's somebody that we know that does have a mental health crisis, kind of uh, diagnosing that and then offering treatment. But long-term treatment solutions or long-term mental health treatment is something we would love. That's on our wish list. Um, and also... Um, just more people to be involved if we could. It's a, it's a, always say a community issue requires a community solution. And so just anyone that was in, wants to be involved in homelessness and just learn more about homelessness, they're always welcome to the table. Um, and one thing we didn't go over really, we didn't go over in the beginning of our conversation, but I just want to kind of hit on for our, for our needs is that 
The definition of homelessness that we use at a continuum of care is the HUD definition. So we're, we are focused on those who are the most vulnerable. So those are individuals who are living in a place not meant for human habitation or at an emergency shelter or at a, a domestic violence shelter. So we don't have, we have a very narrow definition of homelessness because we know those are the individuals that without intervention would remain homeless. So that um, it does not include people who are doubled up or like staying with your aunt, staying with your cousin. It also does not include people who are couch surfing or couch hopping who just moved from friend's house to friend's house. Those are not included in our definition. That's more housing insecurity, and that's like a different that's a different issue than our literal homeless population. So I just want to kind of clarify our definition in case yeah. someone um, is interested in learning more. Are most of the homeless population in Mississippi, are they Mississippians or did they come here from other states and just land in Mississippi? Great question. Um, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we do have five regional uh, regional areas. Uh, and it depends on the region. Like, it really does depend on the culture of the region, what, what resources are in that region. I would say if you compared, like, Hattiesburg or the Pine Belt area to Greenwood, Green, uh, Greenville, and Cleveland and the Delta, co- two completely different homeless populations. Um, in the Hattiesburg area, it's called the hub city for a reason. They have a, a, they're a hub for a lot of things, for transportation, for, um, you know, industry, things of that nature. So you do have a lot of people coming up from the coast coming over from Alabama there in Hattiesburg. Um, so we do have quite a bit of transient homelessness in the hattiesburg Pineville area. You go to the Delta, it's a completely different culture uh, yeah. there. Um, a lot of people who are homeless in the Delta are from the Delta. Like they, I always say you're homeless in your hometown. Like they have become unhoused due to a family breakdown, due to you know employment breakdown, due to some kind of you know, event that's yeah. happened in their life or just the basic um, affordability. Um, so they've just become homeless in the town that they are actually from. I got it. So just different approaches are needed for different areas because they have a different homeless population. Got it. Hannah, thanks for joining us on Middays. Uh, very uh, intriguing. Uh, you know, we don't think so much about this, uh, this problem in the state of Mississippi. We tend to see the news. It always reports on that and shows us images outside of Mississippi. But I've witnessed it right here in central Mississippi as well. But uh, we appreciate your work, and yeah. thanks for coming on. Thank you. And just, if, if anybody wants more information, just please feel free to reach out to me. Just Google Mississippi Balance of State Continuum of Care, and you will find me. Got it. Hannah Meharry, Executive Director of Mississippi Balance of State Continuum of Care and Chair, City of Tupelo Homelessness Task Force. We'll be right back on Midday. Stay with us. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. For all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services. Glass Networks, they're going to try and steer you to use their own glass shop. Well, you can tell your insurance you want to use Venable Glass, and there'll be no additional cost to them to get the highest quality glass. Venable Glass is locally owned and operated, and they do windshield replacement and rock repair right there in their shops, or they'll even come to you in the Tri-County area for free. That's right, free mobile service. At Venable Glass, they also do frameless and frame shower doors, mirrors cut to size and installed, picture frame glass, tables, desktops, insulated glass, plexiglass, commercial storefronts, and heavy equipment glass. Venable Glass, they'll come out and give you a free estimate. They want to work hard for your business. Venable Glass, open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and on Saturday, 8 to noon. Hey, there's two locations, too, in 
Ridgeland at 660 Highway 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive South in Crossgates. Check them out on the web at VenableGlass.com. Remember, for all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services, 601-605-4443. This hour of Middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy, they help you get your life back. You hear those notifications? That's small businesses in America taking off on TikTok. Businesses like Porgy's Hot Dogs. I have another good one for y'all today, our peanut butter and jelly dog. Their homemade hot dog videos pull in diners from across the country. And there's Matt Fixit, your local handyman just building a business. Holy frickin' drywall repair. We've got a bathtub above this kitchen. Over a million people saw that video, and new customers are still flying in. American Small Business booms on TikTok. Spillway Diner, known for its great breakfast and lunch, is now open till 8 p.m., featuring a new special each night, Monday. Enjoy all-you-can-eat breakfast. Tuesday, half-price blue plates. Wednesday, it's dollar wing night with 14 flavors to choose from. Thursday, all-you-can-eat fish fillets. And on Friday and Saturday, enjoy a juicy sirloin, ribeye, or fillet served with baked potato, roll, or Texas toast, and a drink. Spillway Diner's all-you-can-eat special feature menu is dine-in only. No sharing. Find them on Facebook for more on the new menu, hours, and location. ESISupply.net It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There are 12 reasons you can get a divorce in Mississippi, one being irreconcilable differences. But to receive a divorce on that grounds requires consent from both spouses. That makes getting a divorce more difficult because one spouse can delay the process for years. Senator Bryce Wiggins offered a bill in the past legislative session that would have added an irrevocably broken marriage as grounds for divorce, but it didn't make it through the House. I stood in the Senate floor and read from the recommendation and said our current laws literally are damaging to the families in this state. I had multiple senators stand up and say this bill is needed because they personally had been through divorces where it was it was weaponized. Mississippi and South Dakota are the only two states without a unilateral no-fault divorce ground. Wiggins plans to try again in the next legislative session. Have you ever seen a field of corn or soybeans or cotton growing along the highway? Think about that for a moment. From tiny seeds comes this field of crops. You and I need to live our lives every day. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. We began much the same way as a seed of an idea that took root in 1922. In the 100 years since, the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation has contributed so much to our lives across every county of this state. From insurance to hospitals, from private property rights to road and bridge repair, Mississippi Farm Bureau has fought to make a better way of life for Mississippians, member or not. So, while agriculture is important, we are not just a farm organization. 100 years of strengthening our families, our communities, and our state. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau. 
no matter where you go. Super Talk Mississippi is there. With FM signals all over the state, you can hear Super Talk Mississippi from the Delta to the Red Clay Hills of Meridian and from Oxford to Biloxi. And when you're out of the state, you can always get the latest Mississippi news and talk online at supertalk.fm. And on your smart device with the Super Talk app, you're proud to call Mississippi home. And we're proud to cover your state like no one else. Thanks for listening to Super Talk Mississippi. Attention, adoring fans. It's time for Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi on the ceasefire text line, which of course is 601 879 4395. Karen in Ripley sent us a note, said, I came upon a couple that were homeless in a nearby county. I helped them with food and water and reached out to all of the local churches for food and water. The churches pretty much turned their backs and said they could not help. And she goes on to ask if this Mississippi balance of state continuum of care, Hannah Meharry was just our guest on Middays, the executive director, if they're affiliated with the churches. So, uh, Karen, I, I, I took a screenshot of your question there and, and sent a note to our content director and um, asked her to perhaps send that on to, to Hannah to see if there can't be some connection made. I'm honestly not sure, and I apologize, I didn't see your question uh, during the interview, I would have asked her, do you know anything, Rhino, about that? I would imagine, since it's under the HUD umbrella, that they don't have any uh, official affiliations with churches. But could I, be. I don't see how they could be stopped from maybe leaving pamphlets or documents yeah. at certain churches where they have the problem in the community. You know, and, and it, is it not a question that crosses almost everyone's mind? It, we all come upon uh, folks that are homeless you you can't help but but notice them around the intersections and under the bridges and so forth i mean right here block from where we are right you see it and i do often wonder are they not connected to or aware of the variety of services that are available is there something that's keeping them from getting connected to those with respect to housing i mean they're they're Maybe can't solve every problem, but there's a fair amount that is available, and it it does cross my mind. And why why aren't they being connected uh, to those? What do you think? I think uh, like she was talking about a a big chunk of the homeless population is dealing with untreated mental illness. Yeah, and I would venture to say there's a sizable portion of the homeless population that deals with paranoia and that could be one of the reasons why she was talking about how they won't just walk in the front door of a of a rehab clinic or a church or a shelter and say hey hey here i am yeah because there's that that hint of paranoia that what little control they have over their own lives will be taken away yeah could be might 
I don't know, be swept up by law enforcement or in some situation like that where you're right, they lose control. So maybe Which, they're I mean, more... For the longest time, that was the the M.O. for that, police departments, was if you have a homeless problem, you round them up and drop them off somewhere else. That was the way it was handled. That's correct. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. And But, of course, the challenge is... is you know, getting around to everyone. I mean, that's a that takes time and money and people to do that. So I can certainly see where that would be a challenge. But um, nonetheless, now Karen says they have been taken care of. But anyhow, Karen, just for what it's worth, I passed your question on, and and uh, hopefully we'll get uh, some feedback on that. Bo in Indianola says they're too lazy to work, but throw nickel out your window at a red light, and they aren't too lazy to walk and pick it up, people stop giving them money and they will stop begging. I'm reminded of a uh, sound clip from John Wayne. Couple of years, oh, you have no milk of human kindness. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a tough one, right? They're, they're, it's easy to be cynical about it, it because it is. you have those stories that have come out of people that were panhandling and then... Scams when they got arrested for doing it in the wrong spot or just for being vagrants or loitering, then you look in the backpack and they've got a couple iPhones and yeah. a laptop and all these other things that you wouldn't associate with homelessness. Right. I agree. I, I, I had one a couple of years ago that approached me. It was at a, at a strip center, retail strip center, and I was parked my vehicle, got out, was headed in, and boom, from around the corner, here comes an individual who, who stated that they were homeless and uh, had one of the old uh, green hospital ID bracelets. You remember those? Which I don't know that they're even still used. I don't know. Hadn't been in the hospital in a while. Maybe they do uh, to, to make sure you're who you are, right? They put that on you and all that kind of stuff. Anyhow, it was pretty clear that it was old, right? I don't think it was theirs. And what his shtick was, I need money for medicine. Look, I just got out of the hospital. And I'm thinking, you just got out of the hospital and they sent you away without any medicine? I mean, I guess that's possible, but it looked shaky. And, you know, it's you got to sort of make a split-second decision, and I decided not to help. And I, I worried about that. Like, gosh, if I if I could help and this person really does need medicine and I didn't, shame on me. But it, it just, you know, you have to make a gut feel decision. And the, my gut feel was, this just looks shaky. You've seen that before. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, the, the other one is I'm trying to get somewhere and I need money for gas. I've seen that. And I've helped people. And honestly, at that point... I just said, you know, if this was a scam, so be it. You know, I'm, I, I don't need the 20 bucks. I'm, I'll be fine or something like that. So, I, look, it's a tough one. There's no doubt about it. And I don't know that there's a right or wrong, and I don't know that you're good or bad no matter what your reaction is. That, everybody's got to, to live with that themselves and get comfortable with whatever their decision is. But I, I worry about them, honestly, when you see some of these busy intersections that – that they have a tendency to walk in and out of vehicles. I worry somebody's not paying attention. They run over them. I don't know that, that there have been any reports of that, but it's a concern, nonetheless. But 
So anyhow, now you've seen all kinds of reports of setting up tent cities on school grounds and crazy stuff like that. That's clearly not the correct approach, and that's causing problems. And Oh yeah, in California, you are not allowed to touch the property set up on public property by someone camping. Right, and there's reports of... It's treated the same as your property in your home, even though it's just behind a tarp on a sidewalk. I got you. Oh. And there obviously there are reports and all kinds of video and images of spent needles and defecation and all kinds of other problems, right, that are associated with that. So I don't know. That's uh, hmm. it's it's an issue that I think does warrant at least discussion at a very detailed and deep level to figure out the best way to, to deal with that situation. I think Bowen Indianola on the ceasefire text line has a, a pretty middle-of-the-road approach to it. Okay, It's one thing for a guy down on his luck and broke, needing money to feed his family and pay bills, but more than likely that night, that guy's not going to stand at a red light and beg. He's going to go job hunting. Usually Great. the one at the red light's looking to do something else with the money. I, I hear you, Bo, and I, that's why I have concerns about that as well, and, and um, you know, I I don't I see people that will oblige. I I I typically don't honestly. I have had people that I just had to make a call. Like I said, at a gas station trying to get gas, trying to get somewhere, and I look and it and it looks legitimate. And they got a family with them, and they look run down, and I'll put gas in their vehicle. I've had that happen, but yeah, panhandling at the intersection, I, I'm a little. I guess more reluctant on that situation, but I, I hear you. Oh. So if they need gas, I'll take it with a pump and buy some gas. But I'm not giving them a twenty. Yeah, I hear you. And I, I've had the same issue where I have uh, given cash and seen that cash not be used to put gas in the vehicle. I've seen that. I've been scammed on that as well. But like I said, I guess I figure my heart was in the right place. I was trying to help. I got scammed. I'll be fine. Just be careful. But I, I know that, and so it, it it is a problem, though, right? Like everything, is that the people who truly do need help and are down on their luck, sometimes they pay the price for the scammers, and that applies across a spectrum of areas in society, always. And that's uh, unfortunate. Wow. Uh, so earlier I was talking about Tim Cook, and this is what he said. Uh, as far as the folks at Apple, Apple workers, they've signed a petition, by the way. At this, at this point, there's no lawsuit. I don't know how they could sue. I don't know that they'd have any grounds or standing to sue Apple. We're not going back to the office. We're suing you, I, you know. But it's a petition. And they've got all their reasons why. Well, Cook says um, that we're running, I'm quoting, we're running the mother of all experiments because we don't know. We're running a pilot and trying to find a place that makes the best of both of these worlds in this hybrid approach. And he goes on to say, I said earlier that he felt like that they needed folks to be in the office because it inspires creativity and, and productivity and, and um, innovation. When we come back, I'll read exactly what he said is his reasons for wanting them in the office on middays in the Element Well Studios.
Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Hey, this is Will with Service Specialists. Are you looking for new employees, spending hours searching recruitment sites? For over 50 years, Service Specialists has been connecting hard-to-find qualified candidates for employers. We have candidates for all your administrative, professional, manufacturing, and industrial needs. Check us out online at servicespecialistltd.com. That's servicespecialistltd.com. Service Specialists, your expert recruiters helping employers and job candidates connect since 1967 with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, and Oxford. Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor is now offering easy-go units with maintenance-free elite lithium batteries and an unprecedented eight-year warranty with unbeatable energy efficiency. Only at Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor. Exit 114 in Gleickstead or online at bennelson.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. That's the opening agri-market report. The open of the New York Cotton Exchange, December cotton was down 142 to 112.72. March cotton was down 162 to 109.62. At the open of the Chicago Board of Trade, November soybeans were up 22 and a quarter to 14.57 per bushel. January soybeans were up 21 cents to 14.63 per bushel. December corn was up 23 cents to 6.52 per bushel. March corn was up 22 cents to 6.58 and a half per bushel. At the Mercantile, October live cattle was down 20 to 144.30. December live cattle was down 20 to 150.32. October feeders down 187 to 184.60. November feeders down 170 to 186.90. And at the open, the Dow Jones up 41 points, 33,105. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> I, I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go license. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. 
yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Come on. Come on. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. All right, we are back. On Super Talk Mississippi. Everyone to midday Super Talk Mississippi. That would be Led Zeppelin, the great Robert Plant. By the way, just celebrated his 74th birthday. Woo! That'll make you feel old. Ben from Madison on the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395 says stark difference between how Elon Musk handled getting folks back to the office and Apple pleading with employees to show up. Yeah, Musk basically said, you got to come work 40 hours a week in the office, and if you oppose that, you need to pretend to go work somewhere else. I mean, you know, I hear you, Ben. I'd say that it's, it's, a, um, it, it's a risk calculation you just have to make. You know, if, if Musk feels like he can... Um, I guess uh, instill that policy, and, and and that policy will fly, and he doesn't have any attrition and fallout or interruption or negative consequences to the business. Great. Tim Cook, on the other hand, is maybe is trying to walk that tightrope and figure out, you know, if if I get too demanding. He's asking for three days. Uh, yeah, three days, exactly. And by the way, I think it's Tuesday and Thursday, and you pick the third day in it, uh, um, along with your manager, your direct supervisor. You guys decide. So you work in concert to figure the third day. Of the I'd week. be lobbying awful hard for a Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Just go ahead and Four-day weekend, right? Yeah. The way it would work. It's at least four days at home. Um, and so they're... Petition says, are you an office-based Apple employee? Are you less than thrilled with the RTO, return to office mandate? Sign the petition. Let's stand together. So they Fight go the on. power. Yeah, they go Fight on. The man. <laughs> That's they go on to say that those asking for more flexible arrangements have many compelling reasons and circumstances from disabilities visible or not, in parentheses, family care, safety, health, and environmental concerns, financial considerations, to just plain being happier and more productive. It doesn't exist for you. They're missing something here. This is an agreement. You do what we ask you to do, we pay you a wage. Simple as that. Good grief. How did that get so off the rail? So he goes on to say, I, I told you before we went to break, I would uh, recite his statement. He said that he has a preference for in-person working specifically because of their, quote, serendipity of workplace meetings. However, 
Mr. Cook also said that online remote interactions are not inferior, just different. Oh, I would say, as compared to in-person interactions, I'd say they're inferior, in my opinion. I'm not saying maybe you can't accomplish the same tasks or, or uh, produce whatever the results are you're looking for out of that meeting, but i got to tell you, in my view, there's no comparison to face-to-face -to -face interaction. And in an office setting, especially in a company like Apple, which at its core is an innovator, there's no substitute for just the impromptu, I don't know, incidental-type meetings that occur where you share ideas and brainstorm, because it's not like... You remember the Japanese back in the days when they were trying to, uh, really to some extent, try to play catch-up to America with respect to innovation. They would just take smart people and put them in a room, you know, a certain time of day, and say, go invent something. It just doesn't work that way. It's very spontaneous, very impulsive. You can't predict it. But there's something about being around your peers, your colleagues, and just having incidental discussions and we used to call them in our business whiteboarding sessions, and and uh, it's just unbelievable what you can do. And sometimes you you leave saying, you know, got to sleep on this. Think about it, and you come back, and all of a sudden, wow, I got it. Okay, let's get in the room and discuss it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's how stuff is invented all the time, all the time. I just don't think that happens when you're sitting at home, and you're not getting the benefit of everybody else's input in a spontaneous way, like, I got it, let me run down the hall and tell them, so, so to speak. Now, I know that's not always available and perfect. It happens a lot, especially in a big company like that, in that environment, which I think is very conducive to stimulating the creative juices. Clearly it is, or they wouldn't have come up with all this stuff. I don't know. Ranting a little bit, that's just kind of my thinking on that. I think Tim... If he had his druthers, he'd want them there all five days. Let's be honest. But they can't deal with a compromise. It's time for a break. We got Super Talk News, Fox News coming up at 12.05. Scott Payton, State Director of Right on Crime. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601 345 8090. Fox News, I'm Lillian Wu. Voters in New York and Florida are making their primary day decisions. Democrats choosing their challenger to Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, who's running unopposed. That is between Representative Charlie Crist, a former Republican and a former governor, or Nikki Free, the state's agriculture commissioner. Whoever it is, DeSantis says he's in good shape. Fox's Aisha Hosni in Florida. Republican House races are the ones to watch because they could really be a referendum of sorts on GOP firebrands. Of course, Matt Gates is a one to watch embroiled in a sex trafficking scandal. Gates is facing a Super Talk Mississippi media production. 